cutting edge revolutionary technology out there, uh, specifically narrow and wide web printers. A myth right now is that really high quality print is gonna be some kind of a litho. Yeah, I love this show, man. So we have a lot of new products. How kids have a career path, tremendous opportunities for them to grow through their career path. To me, it's a game changer. Welcome to Ink and Updates, your touch point for the flexographic industry. Stay informed about industry news and advertise your business or service to the community. Welcome to Ink and Updates, the podcast brought to you by Interactive Inks and Coatings. I am your host, Craig Tenerall, and with me is, of course, Tom Brennan, our customer service manager. What's happening? Now, if you're new to Interactive Inks and Coatings, we are product leaders in water-based UV and UV LED inks and coatings for the flexographic industry, and coming soon, 3D printing resins for SLA and DLP printing, which is very exciting. Now, we're here today at the uh, InfoFlex Forum 2019. In New Orleans, right, the city, the, the city of Easy, right, the Big Easy, the city of music, <laughs> beer, and nonsense. So oh, look at this, we got, oh, we, we got, got our six we, pack. Right, all right. So this is we're, we're towards the end of the day one here at Infoflex, and yes, we're gonna go ahead and have a beer because it's been a long day, and we've talked with a lot of people, and we are honored to sit down with uh, Bobby Congdon. If I pronounce that, Bobby, that's close enough. All right, I think that's pretty good. <laughs> of the Sonico Institute at Clemson University, and he's got some cool stuff going on. And we're going to let uh, him introduce himself and uh, kind of what you're doing here. Yeah, so I'm Bobby Congdon, as you said, uh, Assistant Director at the Sonoco Institute. Uh, mostly we're focused on, um, on printing education, uh, packaging education, uh, and working with industry partners to, uh, to do print trials, training for, uh, for professionals. Um, and some and some research as well. Okay. So, what are you advertising here today? So uh, we're uh, right next to you, uh, in booth right next door. Uh, are you and sure? Uh, yeah, it's right there. Na- neighbors we've been looking to all day. Na- neighbors to the south. Yeah. Right. I, don't know, I don't know what direction. So, uh, <laughs> so what we're showing off today is a, is a kind of a new project. I'm super excited about. This is a a virtual reality press training uh, simulation. So, the idea is uh, you know, uh, kind of fill a gap between maybe classroom or online training. Um, and full hands-on training in a, a virtual reality environment. So, uh, you know, you can set up scenarios with this virtual press uh, in, a, in a safe you know, safe environment that's not uh, wasting a lot of paper or ink. Sure, uh, resources, as you do it. right. So, I mean, VR is coming up. Uh, we can talk a lot augmented reality as far as labeling and packaging goes, but I'm really excited about this whole project. So... When you're training a new student, somebody who's obviously more tech-savvy than, than generations before, be more precise about exactly what you're doing while you're in that in, when you while you're in that environment. Yeah. So, so what we're using currently is a is a full headset, uh, completely replaces your vision, and you have two controllers uh, where you're able to interact with uh, certain portions of the, the press. Uh, so right now you can you can move around the press, you can um, you know, lift up uh, a station, kind of take it apart. Uh, look at the individual components in the press, uh, learn about those, make certain adjustments such as, uh, as uh, plate substrate impression right yeah. now, uh, and see how that affects uh, ultimately the, the, 
print uh, that you're getting off of that. So we had uh, we were talking on earlier with John Kokowski, and he was also talking a little bit about Clemson and some of the cool things that you guys are doing over there as far as VR goes. And he also mentioned that there were virtual stores. Do you, what, what is that all about? Yeah, so that's that's actually where we started. Uh, we have a lab at at our institute uh, that is a, kind of a consumer behavior lab. So it's a, it's a mock store um, where we can put packaging on the shelf sure. and have customers sort of shop uh, that store yeah. and then gather feedback on what they're looking at, what their choices are. Um, you, guys, but, you guys rolled that out last year, didn't you? Did you do that at Label Expo last year or was it been, at InfoFlux last year? Yeah, we, we had it here at InfoFlux last year. Okay. Uh, we've actually been working on it for, for several years okay. uh, slowly. Um, but it's been around a little while. And so did you bring brand owners in with their packaging to see how uh, customers found their package on the shelf and, and, and uh, yeah, monitor, we, monitor that? Or? Yeah, we did a little bit of that. Um, you know, put their packaging on the shelf and, and had some people go through and, and kind of understand uh, what they're looking at and... and you know, placement on the shelf and, and whatnot. Oh, that's a big. I mean, that's a big deal, right? Uh, Coca-Cola. And oh, absolutely. Jay's, Jay's absolutely. Potato Chips. Oh, absolutely. And all those guys. Right? There's so many cool things you can do with that. So, how did you uh, how did you find yourself at the Sunoco Institute at Clemson University? Did you go Did you go to Clemson? Yeah, I graduated from Clemson in 2002. Okay. Uh, worked at International Paper for 10 years, and then, and then kind of okay. So came back in the industry. Yeah. I got to tell you what, that's probably one of the coolest jobs I could think of. Like, if I was going to go and do something. Man, VR in a college environment, <laughs> that just sounds pretty awesome. And that's just part of the gig. You know, yeah, that's, that's just a piece like, of it. That's just a little yeah, side gig right now. I yeah. get it. You know, All the work other things. Yeah. Then I can go play with video games. <laughs> so where do you see the future of it going? So right now you have the um, kind of the virtual store. You have a training tutorials for how to operate a press. Where do you see it going? Where do you guys, are you building on uh, future projects at all? So my vision for the virtual press uh, is... It's pretty extensive and uh, grows by the day. Or, uh, I can as we're kind of tinkering with this. Yeah. Um, so right now, you know, we're we're kind of building the base for this. Uh, but what we want to do is is get some some industry support behind this uh, to kind of to further fund the development of it, and then just get it out there as a training tool that everybody has access to. Right. Um, so and I, we especially see this as an important workforce development tool, sure. uh, where we can put this out into high schools, tech schools, try and get kids excited about printing. Yeah. Uh, and and I mean, as you see, it's it's kind of a, a pretty unique and sexy way of looking at this. So this sort of so this is really, this is really awesome because we. Talk talked about this about how back in back in the day we had trade schools right, right. where it was really cheap to just bring auto, to go to the junkyard get a $500 car bring it in and have kids start working on that right it's a little bit more expensive and complex to bring you know a, a press into a high school environment let's just say that's not going to happen right but in this format with the virtual reality uh, you could really put it in any high school you want, right? I mean, I, I mean, just to get uh, students interested in this uh, in the in this industry. Absolutely. I mean, the, the hardware we're using right now, uh, with the computer and the and the headset, you're probably looking at a few thousand dollars for that. Uh, as this technology develops, we're looking at standalone headsets that can cost sub five hundred dollars. Okay. Uh, for that, yeah, that's then, not, then that's, you not can, expen- that's not you know expensive. Not at all. Then, then you can start putting it out into more schools, get more widespread. And as you mentioned, it, you know, not only is it expensive to put a press in a school. Uh, you also have to have somebody that runs it, sure, and support all the sure the, and the every, everything. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think this is awesome. We 
uh, because reaching the kids at the high school level, this industry really needs to get people involved uh, in the flexo industry at the high school level. Quite frankly, you could get out of high school and start in the flexible business tomorrow right. and and learn what you need to learn to be successful. I, I'm excited about the fact that you reach wider markets with the VR. VR gaming is coming up, uh, so these headsets will be available. Uh, my buddy just bought one, and he you know he plays Batman with it or whatever. But if he's a high school student looking to do something in college, and this is a free download game or something along those lines, we can go, oh, I'll play with this, and I'll check this out. I don't know how you plan on dispersing the product. We don't either. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Right. But right, if it becomes available to them and they start playing around with it and they start talking about it with their friends, it's really all you need. You know, maybe one out of four will be like, okay, I can consider this. Yeah. You know, and it just grows from there. And it really is a cool industry. There's something for everybody. And now there's something for gamers. Right. So it's like you're reaching a whole <laughs> different crowd of people. I mean, if you look at the gamification uh, of some of this, this stuff, you know, it, there's certainly ways to get people excited about it. And, you know, it's an engaging way to learn. You know, you're not just watching a video in a room or, or listening to a lecture, you're, you're sure. actually engaging with this, you're experimenting, you're having fun. I mean, we were just throwing throwing sheets around right. uh, the, the, the virtual press room a moment ago. Um, I mean, and, and you look online right now, they got forklift simulators. I mean, right. if they're doing that, and people are buying that, I mean. Absolutely. I think. Uh, buy a press simulator. I think it'll be in a revolutionary, honestly, I do. I, I really think it's going to change the way we train. Uh, VR, not just in the flexible industry, but VR in general in a lot of industries, all the way to medical and things like that. So, Absolutely. You know, you might hear, like in our business, right, we bring, a, we bring somebody in to work at customer service, and we're like, okay, you need to ask the analogs volume and the BCM, and... And they're like, what? What's that? <laughs> right, exactly. Right, but but they but we continually ask them to get that information, and so it's helpful for that would be helpful to train them on. Hey, this is what a press looks like. This is what uh, analogs looks like. This is what a doctor blade is. You know, yep. these kinds of things. So, so who is designing these virtual worlds? Is that students at Clemson designing this world? Are you guys outsourcing that? Who's making these programs? So right now, I, I've got a uh, a full time developer uh, working for me uh, oh, at Clemson. So he. he He's a Clemson grad. He did his undergrad in uh, art. So you give him direction. Master's in computer science. So, a smart guy. Yeah, not a really. <laughs> He's a smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. He's got a glorious beard too. Oh, that's yeah. even better. Oh, yeah. so he's so he's your developer. He's right? the developer. Right okay. There, yeah. Oh, that's right. Him, yeah. Hey, man. Nice. Well, <laughs> come sit down. Nice beard. Get it over. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna come get him on. over here. Let's go. Come on yeah. over here. Come oh, on. And he's got a beer. Yeah. A good beer. See? Hey, do me a favor, have a seat. Right here. Right here. <laughs> so he's, he's doing all the development so work. So he's for the development us. work. Yeah. All right, Bobby, step aside here. <laughs> you want this mic? So, oh, he could use that mic in front okay. of him. Is so it I too want... loud? We should ask you that. You got to talk. Can you hear? Slide, slide that this way. Yeah. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. yeah, so think of it like a tunnel. You just kind of like right in here, you know? Yeah. So we were talking with Bobby, and then I asked him, you know, who's doing the development work on these virtual uh, environments and, and everything, and he, he pointed to you. So tell me about yourself. How did you get involved here? What's going on? Um, well, I started in grad school doing virtual reality development. Um, I have a weird mix of a background with a sculpture degree and a computer science master's. So you started in sculpting? Um, yeah, my original... Like clay stuff or...? Uh, some. Okay. Uh, most of my, my work was kind of interactive installations, so a lot of interactive tech like this. Um, 
But yeah, I uh, started with art because I wanted to go into digital production, kind of do Pixar kind of stuff. Um, but uh, got more interested in the interactive technologies and found my way into a grad program where I did a lot of work in virtual reality research and ended up working for Bobby as a grad student, developing a VR grocery store to start with. Right, right. so we were talking about the VR grocery store. Yeah. So Bobby's the one giving you the direction, right? He's kind of, he's the one who's familiar with the Flexo industry, I, right. right? Right. So Bobby's painting this picture for you and you are creating it in this VR world. Yeah. So you guys look like you make an awesome team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I could not be on this team because I can't grow the beard. I mean, that's it well, is no, a requirement. That, that's a requirement. Yeah, and sure. you can't download photos from your phone, so I don't no, think right. VR is up <laughs> your alley. Exactly right. You, you, he would be 100% correct. With that. <laughs> that seems more pertinent uh, than the beard. Yes. Yes. But yeah, I mean, basically, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going down into Nate's office and dropping a whole host of ideas on him. Right. And then uh, the next morning, he. He sends me a text message and come look at this and I go down there and it's awesome. And then I find some find some more things for him to do and, and right. it just keeps going like sure. that. So his office, you should have to go down to his office. His office should be uh, probably higher, so, right? Yeah, yeah. I, right? I, I, I foresee like a basement type environment at the, at the school, right? <laughs> not too bad actually. Yeah. We, we, he's got a window. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. That's nice. It's kind of nice. <laughs> so how long does it take? Um, from completely, I mean, because I, I know nothing about programming really when it comes down to it. In a VR environment, let's say if I was writing a VR code or writing code for, I don't know, any other program, you know, like Visual Basic is the last thing I remember writing code in college. What, what kind of time frame are you working with here? Like his idea, I want you to bring this one store shelf to life. How long does that take you? It really depends on what you want it to do. Okay. Uh, I mean, like as far as interacting with it? Yeah. I, that's, I think that's what really confuses me about the whole thing when you're writing code. You have to interact with with whatever that individual is doing, right? Yeah. So that, so you might have like a label. Can I pick that label up, or can I pick that bottle up? And I can I, I can look at it 360, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. Okay, and then I can put it back, and then I can move on, that kind of thing. I mean, it's just yeah. A, a lot of that has been made really easy by the tools we use. We're using um, game engines, just like most game development, video game development companies use. So what are those software programs called? So we're using Unity 3D. Unity um, 3D. Mm -hmm. So for people out there who are listening and you wanted to get into VR coding, Unity 3D is something is maybe where you want to start? It's one of the standards for, for game developments. Unity or Unreal are the two main ones. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they're free, right? They're both free. Yeah. yeah. As long as you're in... Yeah, they're, they're free for development. Once you start making past a couple hundred thousand a year, then it starts... Okay, so free for the vast majority. Free for most people. Really, yeah. really good. Yes. Okay, excellent. So um, time frame, a year? How long, how long are you in how, that cave? How long did coding? it take you to do the store, like the store, right? Because it's an oh. eye-tracking technology, right? So you have to have special glasses on yeah. that track the movement of what, their retina or what's going on there? The, the VR store was, it was a long process because we were starting to understand how to use, okay. how to build VR systems. And it was right at the beginning of VR coming back and all the hardware being available and we didn't really get 
a really good VR store until some of the more recent headsets came out where we you can actually walk around and is use Ocular your controllers. Oculus? Oculus? Yeah. Is that, I keep hearing that. Okay. Yeah, it's Oculus and the HTC Vive are two of the main ones. So when you say bringing it back, what do you mean? Like, like it popped out, nobody cared, and then it went away? Yeah, back in the 90s it, it started. And uh, actually, I mean, even further back than that, VR's been in research labs and things like that. But uh, yeah, in the 90s it tried to become a thing. Tech just wasn't there yet. Got and it. crashed. Okay, that makes sense. So now we have the computers capable to, of doing to handle it. it. Yeah. All right. So have, have you guys been contacted by major brand owners? And I mean, I think that's really a service you could charge XYZ brand company, right? To have a, a so if you make any money at this, I get two percent. Two percent. So I'll ask you guys to have them come in and do uh, trials on their package, have it you know set on the shelf, and, you know because you know designers think, hey, this is a great this is a great beer bottle, right? But does it catch anybody's eye if it's on the on the bottom shelf? And and for me, I'm like, if I could if I could pay to have a product on the bottom shelf because I'm paying for that shelf, right? I'm paying leasing for that space, and it catches. But the packaging that they've designed automatically draws my eye all the way down to the bottom. I think that's something that big big brand owners would actually pay for to know ahead of time that hey, that's. That's what we're gonna do. We're going to we're going to we're gonna to go to uh, business with this product in this package, and these are the reasons why. Because we went to Sanoco Institute, and every time we walked in, their eyes went down and saw our package, and they picked it up. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's certainly companies out there doing that right okay. now. Yeah, you know, some of the larger brands are, are bringing that in house, or okay. already they've been doing it in the house for years, really. Okay. Trying to understand consumer behavior and, and eye tracking and whatnot. Uh, our interest with the, the VR store initially was, uh, can we can we expand that store to a full size store rather than a mock lab, uh, and and still get the same results? Do people behave the same uh, in virtual reality as they do in in real life? Uh, which you know we we had some success with. Uh, okay. Certainly, some older folks, you know. Who are not as tech savvy and have not tried VR before, but you know, anybody amateur to a, a VR headset is going to have trouble moving around. It's not as natural as have walking you ever had into a grocery store. Up on you know? you? <laughs> no, not yet. Right, no. I was going to ask that. Right, like, <laughs> get sick or like throw themselves like through the booth. <laughs> we've, we've had controllers be thrown. Yeah. Uh, we've had yeah. people run into walls. I, I've been hit often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But never, no, no, no vomit. Oh, okay. That's, which is good. Yeah, is, is that something that would, had to be passed from a tech from a tech standpoint where people were getting nauseous? Because I remember, yeah. you know, that it was a, it was kind of a problem in the coding where however it was working, it was making people sick. Yeah. Uh, the original, uh, the earlier headsets weren't running at as high of a frame rate. Okay. It's just one of the many things that can cause motion, uh, simulator sickness, is what it's oh. called. Um, so th- there are tons of things that factor into that, but one of the biggest, easiest ones is just having a really high frame rate. Okay, so it's moving really quick. Yeah, it's not stuttering. Like, when you turn your head, you're not seeing jumps. It's just a nice, smooth movement. Got it. But there's also the movement in the the VR world. So uh, there's actually a lot of uh, VR simulations we've seen where if you use a joystick to move, or if the simulator, you know, if if the experience moves without you telling it to, Mm -hmm. 
instant instant nausea. Yeah. Yeah. If you're uh, not so controlling you just, your motion. Just yeah. have a little dramamine before you play around and it'll be fine. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I wonder if that works. Well, that's like vertigo, right? They get they get vertigo, they wait. They think yeah. they're moving and they're not and then right. they, yeah, kind of lights out. A little imbalance. You kinda of yeah. jerk forward and <laughs> yeah, when you're not expecting to move and, you, and your vision moves, you know. <laughs> So, so if you ever get mad at Bobby, like, hey, bro, try this thing on right here. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I can see, like, you got to have slow fun. this frame rate down right. a little bit, right. and you right. just try this new version yeah. out. Right. Let me know how you feel. Mr. Idea Guy, yeah. here you go. <laughs> Here's an idea. <laughs> right. well, um, we mess with each other all the time. Oh, yeah. I bet. Are, this, right. I mean, this sounds like a great place to yeah. work. Yeah. Throw something at somebody. Right. Yeah, something great. soft, obviously. Right. right. How can it not be fun? Yeah. yeah. No, it's really cool. It, it's cool. On so many levels, and then just bringing the you know the flexo industry to the next technological advance as far as things go in training. I mean, it's just it's a really a cool, it's so really is, awesome what you guys are doing. Are there, are there sponsorship opportunity? I mean, how how is the program funded? Yeah, we're, other than through tuition, but you know. Sure. Uh, so actually, our, our institute is not funded by tuition. Everything everything we we do there is self funded. Okay. Uh, through our training programs and and trial work. Uh, the, with a virtual training tool, uh, right now we are looking for sponsorship opportunities. Okay. Uh, we're looking for companies uh, who either uh, you know want to bring some training like this in house uh, and want to have a say in how we how we build this. Sure. Kind of a, kind of a crowdsourcing uh, funding model. Uh, we're also looking for people that just you know want to support the health of the industry. Uh, yeah. That that recognize you know if we want to reach out to high school kids. Uh, we got to do something more, uh, you know, something more interesting for them. Like, like you mentioned, uh, it, it's getting some headsets out there and, and letting them experience this. Right. Well, gentlemen, we really appreciate you sitting down with us. So we have Bobby Cogden and, I'm sorry, what was your name one more time? Nate Newson. Nate Newson of the uh, Santa Cruz Institute at Clemson University. If you're interested at all in getting into a really cool industry, uh, Clemson University might be the place to check out for you. So how, how can somebody find you guys? Uh, you know, email, I'm sure you're on the Insta and all that stuff. Right? Here we are, yeah. yeah right. You so, go to sunocoinstitute.com. Okay. Um, yeah, you can find our website there. You can find our, both our contact information. Okay. Yeah, Instagram, Facebook, all, all that. we got a sweet. Sunoco Institute. All right. Well, when I launch this podcast, if you're listening to this, I'll go ahead and put sunocoinstitute.com in the, in the information section of the podcast, and uh, that'll be easy for you to find it. Gentlemen, really appreciate you sitting down. Yeah, That's absolutely. Awesome. We enjoyed right, it. Guys. All right, appreciate All right. it. Appreciate Have a great it. day.